Welcome to the Distrust and Disparities Podcast, Voices from the Margins of Healthcare. On this podcast, we will explore both current and historical cases of medical injustices within the American healthcare system. We will get into how we can overcome this systemic mistreatment, advocate for ourselves, and close the gap on poor health outcomes and disparities. I'm your host, Jasmine Moore, a registered nurse, and I am joined by my co-host and good friend, Camille White. On this week's episode, we will continue with part two of Henrietta Lacks' story. Henrietta is a Black woman whose cells have made enormous contributions to medicine and science. We will talk about the complex distrust her family has of the medical system. And lastly, we will highlight organizations created by the Lacks family to honor and preserve Henrietta's legacy. Like I said, the family hasn't received any financial compensation, but Henrietta Lacks' story starts to receive recognition. And, you know, they start to honor this Black woman and the amazing things that she's done. And the main recognition comes in 2010 with the book, The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks, which was written by Rebecca Skloot. Yeah. And that was really when, once that book came out, and I think I saw that it was on like the New York Times bestseller list for six years, Mm -hmm. people started to finally pay attention to her story, learn about her story for the first time, like us, and understand like, oh my goodness, like why, why have we never heard about this? And why have we never heard about her family? And then that book just lays out, you know, the things that the family went through and then pointing out, you know, they never received anything. They never received anything at all. And Rebecca worked with Deborah, one of Henrietta's um, children, to sort of research and learn more about the story, learn more about the family, and and try to piece together like what really happened back in 1951, and then up until like as they're writing the book to understand the whole the whole story and this family struggle for justice. Because we were even talking about when we were researching stuff, like Rebecca found it difficult to even gain the trust of Deborah or anyone else in the family Mm -hmm. because other people had come in claiming that they were going to do this, that, or the other, and they were going to help them. But in reality, they were just there to try to profit off the family in a way of like how everyone else has profited off of Henrietta Sells. And they Mm -hmm. just wanted to use the family for their own means and weren't really there truly for the family. Yeah, we can talk about like her book. It was a really good book. I read it like a few years ago, a really good book and dived into like the family's like distrust. Even Rebecca, she points out that it was hard getting Deborah's trust. Um, Mm -hmm. Deborah is the youngest girl of Henrietta Lacks. Mm -hmm. So just gaining her trust, you know, she wanted to learn more about her mom and, you know, was fascinated by how much stuff her mom's cells have done and contributed to medicine. So she wanted to know. But then also the family had been reached out to reporters, you know, before and they had been taken advantage of even with Hopkins coming and taking their blood and not letting them know. So they already don't trust outsiders because they already have this sense of powerlessness that you know, her cells are being sold. People are making money while we haven't received a dime of compensation. 
So they already don't trust people coming in. But, you know, Rebecca was able to talk to Deborah. Basically, how you say it, she kind of like wore her down because everybody else in the family, especially like the men in the family, they they didn't want to talk to nobody. They're like, no. And, you know, they were trying to, you know, protect Deborah. Like, you know, we didn't been through this before. Why are you going to hurt yourself? Because they point out she had had a stroke before mm-hmm. Rebecca had reached out to her when she wanted to do the research on her book, just from like the stress, the anxiety and everything that's going on. Her health wasn't the best at this time. So her no. family's trying to protect her. Like we've been through this before we've been hurt. Basically we've been stabbed in the back. Like, yeah, like literally a, anybody, a scam artist is showing up claiming that like, Oh, I'll be your lawyer and I'll help you do this out or the other. So they, yeah, they wanted to protect Deborah and completely understand that. And she was able to wear her down. And at least from the portrayal that you get from the book, and then the movie that came later is that, you know, she was able to convince Deborah that, hey, I'm here to learn about things um, with you. And they went and, and researched and Deborah took her to meet family members and, and talk to people. So it did seem genuine in terms of, you know, at least this is um, Rebecca's perspective that like, I'm, I'm here to help and I want to learn more because she mm-hmm. became, as she put it, obsessed with Henrietta Lacks' story when she found out in one of, I believe, maybe like a high school science class that like her teacher knew, oh, Henrietta Lacks is who um, Gila Cells comes from and she's a black woman. And then that was it. That was all that the teacher could tell her about Henrietta Lacks. Mm-hmm. So she became obsessed early on in her life about, well, who is Henrietta Lacks? And then got in touch with the family and got in touch with Deborah. Mm-hmm. And I will say she took 10 years of research for the book and she did a great job of weaving in the science of like what Henrietta Cells have done and also weaving in like the family story and mm-hmm. just um, her working with Deborah. And she also infused her story, you know, the way she had to gain trust of the family, you know, she... At the time, you know, she wasn't making any money, but she was like obsessed with this story and was like, I want to get it out to the world. So it took 10 years to dedicate to put this story together and just talking with Deborah and everything. And, you know, her goal was she wanted to tell the story of Henrietta Lacks. And, you know, she told the family she had to tell them, you know, she's not working for Hopkins. She's not working with anybody. She just wants to tell the mom's story. And like you said, the book really resonated with a lot of people. They were amazed by her story and just learning about the woman behind the cells that made such a great contribution to the world. Mm-hmm. But I remember then us like doing research and discussing things in terms of the book because, you know, and Rebecca then like sort of had control and say of the story and it was well received, but did any money go to the family from the book? And I don't think we were able to discover if it did because I don't think it it did at all. Which Yeah, like how much money exactly did the family receive from the book? And, you know, it's a lot of work. You know, she's it's a lot of work on her part. But then also you are taking a lot from the family. Yeah. And 
learning from them and their culture and everything. Mm-hmm. And also, I wanted to point out, like, with the book, she also injects herself into the story about how she's going throughout Baltimore, speaking with the family and getting information and how she's working really hard to get this information. So it's like her story also is tied with Henrietta Lack's story. And this brought up a big thing with the family because the family, they don't have control over her sales. Companies are producing and making profits. And now, you know, even though her story is being well-received, they don't have control over how it's being told and how it's delivered. When people reach out for interviews, you know, they're mainly interviewing Rebecca and yeah. you know, talking about what she had to do to get the information. You know, mm-hmm. they're not really going to the family. Yeah, they're not going to the source of the information and, and talking to them. And that is unfortunate, but not surprising, especially given like Rebecca is a white woman. And mm-hmm. she she was able because instead for me, it's just like it's it's great that she wanted to tell the story of Henrietta, but it would have been nice if it was looked at in terms of like, okay, Deborah, let's work together. Let's be co-authors. Let's mm-hmm. sort of write this together. She, in a way to me, treated the family like subjects again. And, you know, mm-hmm. they're sort of removed from it. And all the accolades and press and things were shined on Rebecca when the book was released. And like you said, all her hard work and she wove herself into this story. And I I never read the book, but in watching the movie, even there was like a scene where, oh, well, Deborah told her to do that, told her to include herself in the book, which Mm -hmm. then finding out, well, Deborah died, unfortunately, from a heart attack in her sleep before the book was published. So Mm -hmm. we don't truly get Deborah's final perspective and and sign off on it. We don't know because she worked the closest with Deborah. So I would have loved to have been able to be like, okay, Deborah says, okay, yes, this this is an accurate portrayal of everything. Great. I'm all for this. We don't have that perspective. And that's what I'm weary of, especially given, you know, Deborah is a black woman and Rebecca is a mm-hmm. white woman. So it is mm-hmm. Uh, yet again, another story about Black people or, or people of color being told by a white person. And we have seen and continue to see how detrimental that is a lot of times because you have this whole situation of the the white person is seen as a savior. And mm-hmm. had they not been there, then, you know, that that black person, that person of color wouldn't have able to do, you know, A through Z or accomplish all the things they accomplish. And I wanted to point out Rebecca's privilege. Rebecca, you know, in her background, she can go to doctors at Hopkins, mm-hmm. researchers and get this information. Could the family on their own go and talk to the researchers at Hopkins, gain that access? And like in the book, in the movie, they point out the doctor was like, you know, we did go get their blood. Even if we would have, he was like smug and was like, even if we would have explained what we were doing, it's not like they would have understood. So it's like, 
if the fame, the way they look at the family, like, oh, they're not going to understand what we're doing. So we don't even have to like tell them exactly what we're doing. So if they wanted to go on their own, they would have had an even harder time mm-hmm. gaining access to some of the information and getting the science behind where her mom's cells are being used. So it's like Rebecca, you know, being white, um, she's able to gain access and to talk to people and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. a good facts to point out. Yeah, the Hopkins and doctors they and researchers, they they dismiss the family. They immediately judge their intelligence and it's like, okay, yes, you're a doctor, but how about you now take the time to explain to people who who don't have that education, who don't have that background. It's it's mm-hmm. not beneath you to then sit there, okay, like let's explain and go through, well, this is what even if you have to go down to what is seen as basics for some people of this is what a cell is and and this is what it does and this is HeLa cells. Like that's what you need to do if you truly care and and wanna actually, you know, help teach someone and, and help them learn about like what it all is happening. Instead it's like, oh, that's that's beneath me to even try and do that because they won't understand. It's just like because you're not willing to teach them. You don't care enough to teach them. And so Rebecca's book, The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks, like you said, it was on the New York Times bestseller list for six years. So in 2017, HBO and Oprah, they come together to make a movie. So Rebecca is one of the executive producer, but they also do reach out to some of Henrietta's family to be consultants on the movie. And, you know, Oprah really wanted to tell the family story. And I think the book was on one of, like, Oprah's... You know how she has her book list and everything. Yeah, her book club. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we watched the movie as part of our research. We were like, let's watch the movie. It was really good. I like how they highlighted the family's distrust of Hopkins. Yeah. They did, uh, especially early on, there was the scene with some of the her sons and um, Henrietta's husband discussing how, you know, Black people are weary of going to Hopkins. And I think, who was it, Barbara saying that, you know, she wouldn't even go there to get her nails cut. Because <laughs> yes, that's so, like something my family was saying. <laughs> they did a really good job of just highlighting the family's distrust of Hopkins. Like yeah. you really see how much they are like adamant, like it's Hopkins' fault. But when it's like so many other people are profiting, like you, because Hopkins were the ones who initially took our cells, but they were like we didn't profit off of it, but these other um, companies are. Mm-hmm. And I think Oprah did a great job, like, portraying Deborah and, you know, her quest. You know, the movie focused on, like, Deborah's quest to have her mom's story be told and just um, within the family how they're like, no, don't trust anybody. Um, We need to keep this between us. And let me... The main thing with the movie, so her family, they were consulted on the movie and paid consultant fees. I saw that, but I didn't see anything, like, are they receiving any reoccurring revenue from this movie? Like, do they receive royalties when it's paid, you know, when they play it online? Like, what else are they receiving from the thing? Because with the movie, it uncovered, like, some drama within the family. Yeah. Like, 
who was it? Lawrence, her oldest son, he was in his teens when his mom died. Everybody else was way younger. So he knows the most about his mom. And he's the one with the most distrust of everybody coming in and telling the story. Mm -hmm. Because he feels they're also exploiting the family as well. Because like we pointed out several times, People are selling the cells. Now they're selling and making a profit off of Henrietta's story. And it's like the family doesn't have control over it. They're consulting on the movie and the book, but Mm -hmm. they aren't controlling, you know, how it's put out and, you know, even just receiving money for the story. You know, it's still, he feels, still feels like they're being exploited. Like, yes, you're getting recognition. Yes, you're getting paid some. But do you think they made as much as like maybe Oprah? Or what HBO is continuing to make off this movie? No, in no way. Or <laughs> even what Rebecca made off of the book or what Rebecca right. made off of like, you have to, if someone wants to take your book and make it into a movie, they pay you money to do that. So there's so many things when it's just like, oh, everyone's making profits or in Rebecca's case, literally, I think she made her career off of writing this book. Exactly. But what has the family gained? What have they been, or it's just like, okay, they've been acknowledged here or there, but like, what else? What else is there? And I think I said earlier where you have other family members that once the book came out, I think especially started traveling around and giving speeches, you know, you're, you're making again, a little bit of money here and there, but it's nothing in comparison to all the money that is been made off of Gila cells and then have been made off of just the story of Henrietta. Yeah. Like Lawrence, he just points out, you know, he just feels like he doesn't have any control, just like this powerlessness. Like it's just things are moving without our control. And, you know, it creates a division within the family because, you know, yes, we want our mom to be recognized for the amazing, wonderful contributions that she has made, but we also want to have some control in how it's done and, you know, what is being said about us, how it's being portrayed. Like everybody knows our business. They know our genetic business and, you Mm -hmm. know, now they know our family history and everything in it. So it's like, just this powerlessness and this control and just feeling exploited. And even um, Rebecca, like we were looking into, she created the Henrietta Lacks Foundation. Yeah. But in looking at the website, and I don't know like how active it is like now and what it all is doing, but literally no one on the family from the Lax family sits on the board of the the foundation, but it does have like a little note of like, but these are people that the Lax family, you know, they trust and believe in, you know, their commitment to the foundation and it, it accepts donations and everything. And it also points out that members of the Lax family have received monetary support from the foundation um, for uh, medical procedures and treatments and things. But okay, you wanted to create a foundation that was about giving equity to people and dealing with with situations of issues of consent and even maybe malpractice in medicine. You didn't have to use Henrietta's name because you literally now have trademark and are using Henrietta Lacks Foundation and the family has no no ownership to it. They have no tie to it. Mm -hmm. That's all through Rebecca and the whole board of people that are, are sitting there. 
And that's really interesting. And it's, for me, it's upsetting where you could have you could have done a whole different name. Or if you wanted to use Henrietta's name, then I think the family should be tied to that. They should be a, yes. the central figure of that. They should be the ones on the board. They should be the ones in some way yeah. uh, a part of it or working in the foundation, like employed there and things. So. Yeah, it's weird that nobody from the family sits on the Henrietta Lacks Foundation. Yeah. And it's also when you think you're donating to the family, like, oh, I'm donating to the Henrietta Lacks Foundation. You think the money's going directly to the family. But no, it's going to Rebecca's foundation. And then she determines who she's going to give it to. Like the family, um, like she said, the family have received grants and everything. So the family have to apply or I don't know the process of what they have to do, but they still have to go through a middle person to get access to money that they need. Cause it, they say they've paid for like some medical expenses and um, for the family to go back to school. I don't understand why nobody's on the board. And also they have to go through this middle person a white person to mm-hmm. get access to money that was for them is very strange. I just don't, you know, I just, I'm glad they have this foundation, but I just don't understand why the family does not have more control or more say in the foundation and everything and what's being done. Yeah. they. I don't think she should have ownership of it like that. Like you already have ownership of the book. And then in turn, in a way, the movie, and then now you have the Henrietta Lacks Foundation. I can understand then, yeah, family members going like, wait a second, what, why do you get a say in all this? Why do you get con- to control this? And yeah. what you were touching on before, like, unfortunately, it did create division within the family and some fighting. And luckily, they've been able to move past that and unite and focus on preserving Henrietta's legacy and educating future generations, like not only just worldwide, but I'm sure, of course, their own family members and future generations and letting people know like, hey, this this is who Henrietta was to us. And this is how we're working to communicate and get the word out to people of uh, this, this is who Henrietta was. And she isn't just, you know, a HeLa cell, but Mm -hmm. this is all that her cells have done. And, you know, he, here's also her legacy, her family, you know, we Mm -hmm. exist, we're still around, we're doing things. Mm -hmm. Her son was saying, everybody's making money uh, off of ourselves and the family just feels short change. Mm-hmm. But in 2020, that's when they had the big hundredth celebration of Henrietta and her contribution. So the family organized and created a organization for them to recognize her legacy and the family's legacy. And you, it seems like they officially set up like an organization for the family to recognize. Mm-hmm. Also, in 2020, um, we were talking about the injustices, like racial injustices and also medical injustices. You had the death of George Floyd, and a lot of companies were talking about this and, you know, trying we're, to right wrongs. Yeah, <laughs> trying to say that, like, oh, we're allies and we're here for you, and, you know, we're going to donate money here and we're going to do this and we're going to set up a diversity board. And a lot mm-hmm. of it, 
performative performative as hell yes. because then you know you turn around and like two months later or you literally just like blink your eyes and then you have like employees be it current or former going like mm, they are full of it they don't mean any of it that's not doing anything of significance and then in turn especially in this situation with celebrating Henrietta's um, 100th birthday that the Howard Hughes Medical Institute they are a major biomedical research organization. They sought to provide financial reparations for the continued ex- um, reparations. Ex- yeah, <laughs> for the continued experimental use of um, Henrietta cells. And it was like, okay, reparations, interesting, because then they decided to then go ahead and donate to the Henrietta Lacks Foundation. Foundation. That's so going to Rebecca, Rebecca and her so whole she, board of people. <laughs> so she can decide what to do with that money. And like you're saying, people are recognizing racial injustices and also within the medical field. So Henrietta Lex was coming up as well as like the Tuskegee um, syphilis experiment. So mm-hmm. they were like medical institutions were like, we need to right these wrongs. We need to recognize this injustice. We need to do something. And, you know, they were trying to divvy out reparations. So this company, the Howard Hughes Medical Institution, they were one of the first, one of those big major biotechnology companies to start to financially compensate the family. So um, what was it, a quote from them? They said, this year's transformative protests over racial injustice in the United States, including the killing of George Floyd, We wanted to acknowledge Henrietta for the use of healer cells and to acknowledge that her cells were gained inappropriately. They said for way too long, science and medicine has not been equitable. They wanted to take steps towards reckoning with racial injustices in science and make reparations for experiments conducted unethically on communities of color. So they wanted to be the first foundation to, you know, start donating to the family. But like we said, the money is going to Rebecca's Henrietta Lacks Foundation, not to the family directly. And even the money that they donated, I think it was six a six-figure donation, it still doesn't compare to the amounts of money that HeLa cells have brought in, the medicines, the technology that have been developed off of HeLa cells. And also, the donation is not going to the family directly. No, it's it's a simple thing of researching, okay, who who has ownership of, you know, the Henrietta Lacks Foundation? And you could easily go to their website and see that they are not involved in it. So it should have been, okay, let's now directly go and discuss with you. You invited the family to the celebration. So then let's discuss with them. Okay, how would you like to receive these funds? You're, you're saying, oh, we want to give reparations. Reparations doesn't mean then giving the money to an organization that they don't have any say over. <laughs> they didn't start exactly. it. They don't own it. That's not reparations. But again, it's all a performance. You you don't mm-hmm. have really any true meaning behind it because if you did, it would have taken y'all five minutes to look that up. Right. And so I will say like in 2020, the family, they created their own celebration of her legacy. And then Just recently, like breaking news, um, just last month, the family filed their first lawsuit against one of the biotechnology companies 
mm-hmm. for the um, sale of herself. So the family, they this is their first lawsuit, which I'll admit, I was surprised. I thought they had been filed lawsuits and, you know, they were, I was look, trying to look up the legal timeline to see, you know, when they were appealing this, like who they sued, did they sue Hopkins? But this is the family's first lawsuit. And they point out, you know, the family is united in this lawsuit of this company that they are suing the biotechnology company. Yeah. So they're working with Ben Crump, um, who's their um, lawyer, and he's a well-known civil rights attorney, and they're suing Mm -hmm. the Thermo Fisher Scientific Incorporated, which is a Massachusetts-based company, because, you know, they continue to commercialize the the use of her cells and anything resulting from research on her cells. So mm-hmm. this is just one of many companies that they will they, they plan, plan to go bring in lawsuits against. Against, mm-hmm. yeah. And mm-hmm. it it should be interesting to see how this all sort of um, shakes out and and what really comes of this because hopefully it's not just sort of dismissed and it goes away where they they deserve compensation. They deserve to be compensated because they have been time and again sort of used as subjects to research, you know, a book or even looking into their blood, but have never been a part of like actually telling of a story themselves. They've been always on the outside and and that's unfair when it's their family's genetic material that has created so many innovative things for the world. Yeah. And like you were saying, it's like the families are being given crumbs or pennies in comparison to what other people are making off of her cells and off of her story. And the lawyer that they have, what is it, Crump, mm-hmm. he has worked with the families of Trayvon Martin, Michael Brown, Breonna Taylor, and even George Floyd. And I think at this time where we're acknowledging injustices, even medical injustices, this is the perfect time. I think that the family will get, hopefully they will get true justice and compensation because, you know, they've been recognized, but they have not been properly compensated for um, her mom's cells or. Yeah. Cause what I people mean, are making. Yeah. If, if, cause especially when it's, it's a simple thing for me, the way I look at it, they should never have to worry about a single medical expense, especially like right. for the rest of their entire family lineage. They should, and they've already had to deal with certain things where like you have to apply for a grant at a foundation named for your loved one to, to help you out mm-hmm. with a medical bill. Like yeah, they shouldn't have to go through so many hoops and Mm-mm. to get access to this money. So I'm excited to see where this case goes and develops. They have a lawyer who is well-known. Like I said, the family is on the same page and hopefully the lawyer will be able to get them the compensation that they deserve. So I'm curious to learn more. We will update you on this story. Hopefully we would like to interview somebody from the Lax family to get their true opinions and you know how they feel about their mom, the cells, and the contribution she's made to medicine, and also their portrayal in the book and in the movie. And, you know, what are their expectations moving forward? Because, you know, 
the family, they want her story out there. They want generations to know about Henrietta Lacks and her amazing contributions to medicine. And also they do want to be compensated financially. So we want to know like how they feel on this journey. Yeah. To learn more about Henrietta Lacks and her family, you can visit Gila 100, the Henrietta Lacks initiative that was started by the Lacks family. We encourage you to visit their website to learn more about the family in their own words. You can also donate there as well or purchase merchandise that they sell. This is a way to donate directly to the Lacks family and support their mission to keep Henrietta's story alive. The website is Gila100.org. You can find that in the show notes. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you would like to suggest a medical story we should discuss on the podcast or even your own personal story of medical distrust or disparities, please email us at distrustanddisparities at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow, rate, and review the Distrust and Disparities podcast. And you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Thank you.